Hi, everybody. I'm Marin, and this is my husband, Dallin. We're just two ordinary people who fell in love and had some kids. Welcome to the podcast where we talk about the ups and downs of marriage, parenting, and pretty much anything else. We promise to keep things real and maybe even make you laugh. We also talk to some people who know a lot more than we do. We hope this is a place where you can feel understood, enlightened, and entertained. Thank you for joining both Both of us. And welcome to the Both of Us podcast welcome. this week. <laughs> I'm Marin, and I'm here with Dallin. How are you guys doing? It's been a good week. Has it? Yeah, we had a fun family reunion. We got to stay together with Marin's family, and that was fun. Huh. We it enjoyed was... our time together. Thank you to Marin's mom, which I don't know if she's listening to these. Maybe I don't we should know that she knows how to listen. She probably does, <laughs> but we can get her on her phone. Let's let's get her on her phone and get her listening. And I'm kind of sick today, so excuse me if I sound nasally <clears throat> <clears throat> coffee. So first of all, before we get into our episode, we just want to take a minute to say thank you all so much. We launched our podcast just over a month ago, which is like zero time, <laughs> and we are already at four thousand subscribers so thank you thank you thank you for those who've listened and stuck with us um we love you and we're so grateful to have you here and we hope you stay with us we're really excited about today's episode because it's the first question answers episode and i've been really excited for this we've had a lot of really awesome people reaching out asking us questions and it's all been people that we don't know which is Mm -hmm. awesome we and from all over the united states and and some in new zealand and so we're really excited to answer these questions you guys have asked, and we wanted to make sure that it was completely open and vulnerable and non-scripted and all that good stuff. So we're just going to open these up. We're just going to read them off and give the answers that come first to our mind. Um, I also just want to say we have worked to try and come up with topics and guests so far on the show that would interest you and would be uplifting for you some of the questions that we've um, decided to answer we've chosen out of (laughs) all the questions we've been given we've we chose to answer some of these because they are a little bit more vulnerable I think there's something we typically wouldn't feel comfortable answering or in the past wouldn't have felt comfortable answering on here but we we want to connect with you more but because of all of the emails and the comments and the private messages, it's it's kind of this crazy thing. This podcasting thing is pretty crazy because it feels like you get, it's like we're getting to know a friend, <laughs> if that if that makes sense, you know. So with all these messages, it feels like we're able to open up more as you open up to us, and it's this cool back and forth thing that we really like. It's awesome. Yeah. So, so like Dallin said, we're going to be really unscripted and um, answer kind of some more personal questions, and we hope you enjoy it. Our first question is from, <laughs> we're going to start off easy. Our first question is from Lexi. Hi, Lexi. Thank you for emailing us. Um, Lexi lives in Utah, and her question is, how exactly did you two meet? <laughs> how did we meet? <laughs> you, you, you tell you tell them there. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll start. We met in a, in high school, we were 16, 
and we met in a performing group. I guess we don't remember the exact circumstance of meeting. It was probably at some random party. Yeah, I think one of my friends, because you were in this acting group since like you were a little kid, Mm -hmm. and it was this was a community theater acting group, right? And one of my friends that I got in high school hosted some sort of party thing. So I think we met there. I don't remember it, and I know you don't remember it. Yeah. But I didn't do much acting in high school until my senior, like end of junior into senior year. Some of my friends kind of pushed me into doing it. I'm really, <laughs> really glad I did because then that's how we met. Mm-hmm. So they pushed me into doing the high school stuff, and then I joined this acting group that Marin was in. And Yeah, it was, um, it was like a performing group. We traveled around, did competitions, and did a lot of service. Mm-hmm. Community service was a big part yes. of it. And it was great. And cool group. That's how we met, but we really became friends outside of the group. Yeah. And we had the same group of friends. And um, It's kind of cool because like my friends and your friends that you already had from high school kind of just merged together. And it's one of those weird things like as we've gone on with life and done, gone our separate ways for college and careers and stuff, somehow <laughs> that like core group has remained friends, even mm-hmm. with distance. Like a few of them right now are doing Broadway stuff in New York. And we have some of these, the same friend group that is close to us here where we live. So it's kind and of... And what's funny is there's been, I mean, technically out of our group of friends, there's been three marriages. <laughs> no, that's true. From yeah. that group. So. From, from that group. That was married each other. I don't know why we did that. It was like friends are how i met your mother but in real life <laughs> it's we've yeah. talked about if our life with like the dating thing with our friends was scripted out it wouldn't seem believable so so that's how we met yep well Long it was, story short we were teenagers we were teenagers teeny <laughs> boppers and the thing is is she was like the lead person and i was like the guy that couldn't dance has been put in the back of the pack so i didn't get the time of day marin was very nice to meet a very good friend and we would like talk about <laughs> the struggles of the with the people we were dating through through high school and college but it was after a while we just realized wait a minute why don't we try this out so yeah I'm glad we did Me too yeah so that is how we What's met. our next question? <laughs> who is who's the next person? <laughs> um Amanda from Arizona sent us a DM that said hi Marin and Dallin I know this might be personal, but how did you decide to plan your family the way you did? My husband and I are trying to decide when to have our second, and we need all the tips. That's a cool question. Yeah. Usually not something that we would answer, but... Sure, but um, I think I think the important part about family planning and kids and all that stuff is it's totally, totally individual. That's something that really bothers me when people are bullied into either camp of like waiting or needing to have kids right away it's no it's not nobody's business like if anyone's feeling pressured to go either way don't it's between you and your spouse that's something you two get to decide together without pressure from family so yeah and and the other way too like don't you shouldn't feel pressure to have kids just because the grandparents are barraging you with (laughs) (laughs) But we had kids really quickly, and the reason that we had them quickly is kind of interesting. And it had it wasn't our original plan, but some some things happened. I think Marin, you could kind of go into more detail with that. Yeah. Um. Well, when we first got married, 
the plan really was to, I was a nursing student. I'd been accepted into a nursing program I was really excited about. Um, and our plan was to finish school, work in our careers for a little while. And shortly thereafter, right after we got married, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease called Hashimoto's. And I saw some specialists and some gynecologists. That autoimmune disease combined with my family history of miscarriage and infant loss, basically, I was given by several doctors a very limited <laughs> time to very have kids. small window. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically, they told me that by the time I was a certain age, that is a lot younger than the huge. <laughs> Um, I had my chance of having a miscarriage of basically every pregnancy would go up to about 90%. And eventually I wouldn't be able to carry babies anymore, most likely. So um, obviously that was really devastating to find out. And we were fortunate, though, that we uh, were able to figure that out at an early point in time. Mm hmm. Um, before we even started trying. Yeah, because there are people who don't figure that out until mm-hmm. it, it's too late. And I am I feel very fortunate mm-hmm. that we learned early. And it's because my autoimmune disease has a lot of symptoms. And yeah. and it runs in your family. So that was yeah. also something that's helped. But that's why I think it's important for everyone to get, I mean, get tested for the things that are in your family. Because that's kind of what caught this for yeah. us, so. So anyways, we ended up, we're also very religious, so through prayer and also just logic and science, science. because we (laughs) trusted our doctors heavily, decided to start a lot sooner than planned and decided to space our kids' ages very close together. And we don't regret it. I had to, you know, I decided to drop out of my nursing program and switch majors to child development because I'd be able to get through school a bit quicker that way. And that's also served me well in motherhood. And yeah, it's been, it's been a ride. So we, we wanted, you know, three or four kids and we want to get them here before our time runs out. And we are, it is (laughs) a crazy adventure, but we're having a blast. Yeah. Well, and the thing that I think from my perspective with this whole thing is that I'm really glad that I was able to just play the role of support, not pushing you either direction, letting you decide what you wanted to do with with all this and and talking together and and working together. But I think it's important that I played that role of support, especially if there's something that's out of your control that's going to really dramatically affect your life. Yeah. I think that it's important that we support our spouses when those sort of things come up. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's been awesome. I'm <laughs> our, the pregnancies are so stressful. We have so many more appointments and we're always pulling out the, that, uh, whatever you call it, that you can hear the heartbeat with the Doppler mm-hmm. every single day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, it makes it hard. The pregnancy is pretty much from day one till the day I give birth. I'm afraid of losing the baby mm-hmm. or 
them having some type of defect and that is stressful and, and the statistics are bad i mean with both yeah. of them they let us know that consistently with both henry and hudson yeah and but. hudson had it wasn't a smooth pregnancy at mm-hmm. all he had several problems that were probably caused by the fact that i didn't have my levels under control right away and yep. um yeah so that's why we planned ours the way that we did. And like Dallin said, I think it's important that it's individual for each family. Yep. And you know what I do have to say? Henry and Hudson are, <laughs> me and Marin always joke. Marin always says a year apart. I always say 11 months. They're really like 11 and a half months apart. Yeah. So they're, you know, what is coined Irish twins. And I think it's awesome. That was yeah. a really hard, really hard year because right now they're two and one. But now that they're two and one, it's pretty cool. I I really like having them so close together. So Mm -hmm. don't be scared of Irish twins. If any of you are wondering about Irish twins, send us a message. We can talk to you about it (laughs) because it's been a fun journey. But yeah, yeah, they're awesome. Anyways, yeah. Thank you, Amanda, um, for asking that question. So our next question is from Danielle, who also lives in Arizona. Sweet. And she said, hi, guys. What does Dallin do for work? And does Marin work or stay at home with the kids? Mm-hmm. I am a stay-at-home mom, and I feel like I can relate to a lot of what she talks about, not only on the podcast, but also online. That's awesome. Oh. Well, hi, Danielle. Thank you, Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for reading. <laughs> um, for work, I right now am the director of video marketing uh, for a software company. So I make a lot of ads for YouTube and Facebook and all that good stuff, as well as some TV ads. Um, we, I also run our YouTube channel. So anything that has to do with, with advertising or marketing and related to video is what I'm over there. And Wait, that's not all you do. What else do you do for work? Right. So yeah, so that's my full-time employment. But also on top of that, I run my own business as my own media company. And I do a lot of and web design and advertising and marketing basically for for other companies as well as weddings do a lot of weddings and (laughs) videos that's just more because i like doing them those are fun but Mm -hmm. honestly any form of just like side hustle job random stuff is awesome and i recommend anyone that wants to just get like extra cash to do that sort of stuff that's why i like our the our sponsor bacon because that's the type of service that i use all the time to find just random jobs that i can work just a quick little buck here and there when we want to go on a vacation or if we want to do something for a family or we need a crib or we need a bed i use all sorts of services like that and what's actually cool about the podcast thing and i actually signed up myself using our special url that we have bacon.work slash both of us um anyone that goes there will get an extra um five dollars on the first job that they work it's an awesome service and if you ever want to do contract stuff i recommend using that or searching for ways to to do some of those side jobs because that's how we survive off of our main job but also doing some of those side things yeah so Bacon is our sponsor for this episode. You can find Bacon at www.bacon.work slash both of us. And like Dallin said, get $5 back on your first job. It's like Uber, but for all kinds of jobs in your area. It's pretty sweet. So thanks to Bacon. So yeah, that's what I do for work. Pretty, (laughs) (laughs) 
A lot of stuff is the answer. <laughs> um, and to answer your question, Danielle, I do stay at home with my kids. I chose to stay home with my kids because um, it was important to me to be their primary caretaker. And we are fortunate enough that I can do that. And thank you for reading my my work that I've put online. Um, for those that don't know, I also love writing. Writing is probably my other big passion and probably my dream you do job. A lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> my dream job would probably be be a writer. And I do write a lot online and get paid little bits here and there for that. But you, um, which blogs do you write for right now? Yeah, I write for I write consistently for the Mamahood blog. Um, mm. we had Aubrey on the podcast, so yep. everybody knows her. <laughs> I've also been published on Grit and Virtue, and there are a few more other sites in the works that I don't think I'm allowed to say. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite yet, right? <laughs> um, but I also have my own, my own site and just random other odd writing jobs here and there, um, writing copy and, and stuff. editing and mm-hmm. yeah, I love that. But any other type of job that I do on the side, I've recently gotten into doulaing, doula I am a doula-er. <laughs> um, and being a lactation consultant are all jobs that I I chose because it still allows me to be the primary caretaker at home, which is just mm-hmm. something I want to do, especially since my we're going to get through our parenting years pretty fast, and yeah. I want to be able to kind of savor that. Well, and that's something that I love that you say, and I wish that everyone felt enabled to say, is that you're full-time, you are a full-time mom. I like that, like, it's not just, I always hate that, like, I'm just, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. You're not just a stay-at-home mom. That's, that's your full-time job that you've, you've decided to yeah. do, right? The other things are my side hustles. Mm-hmm. They are. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, and again, I just want to reiterate quickly before we move on that I'm fortunate to be able to do that. Yeah. I know we're, there oh, we're, are people who can't We're home. remarkably blessed that we, we get to do that. And Yeah. Um, so, Stephanie, we have two Stephanies. This Stephanie is with an F. (laughs) This is the with an F Stephanie. (laughs) Stephanie from Nevada said, what has been your scariest parenting moment so far? Oh, Stephanie from Nevada. I wonder if she's from your family's neck of the woods. Um, My family in Nevada. What's the scariest part moment so far? Um, I think I know what your scariest moment so far is. Do you want to share the (laughs) thing that happened not too long ago? Um... Yeah, (laughs) that was bad. Um, So long story short, we were getting ready to go swimming and I was loading up the car with our our swim bags and everything. And I our garage was closed. So I was just loading it up in my swimsuit and the kids were in the house in their swimsuits and we were about ready to go. And um as I was putting a bag in the car, my two-year-old shut the door and deadbolted it behind me. <laughs> <laughs> now, mind you, this kid, he can't open doors. He loves slamming doors shut, but he's <clears> never <throat> hes never locked a door before. Yeah. So we're, And I still do not understand how he did that. Like, I that's, don't know. I'm it, shocked by it. He must have just, because he maybe like pushed something over there, because that was fat. Like, he slams the door and then locked you out of the house. And he shut the door on me before. Yeah. And- yeah, I had no idea he knew how to lock the door. And I panicked mm-hmm. because, I mean, like my kids were in the house. We were about ready to go and I could not see them. 
I they were locked inside the house and I was locked outside. I didn't have my keys. Um, and now we keep a spare key we hidden, keep, mm-hmm. but then we didn't. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, I lost it. Like I, I tried to break in and I couldn't. So I called 911 and I was like a hysterical mess on the phone <laughs> because I didn't know what my kids were doing. I could not see them and they're two and one years old and who knows what could happen to them or right. what they could get into. So my favorite thing is visualizing cause our our back doors there's big windows you can see through and so she was watching through the windows and in my brain this isn't probably really what's going on but i just imagine like a comedy act with kind of like the music because it's like henry's picking up a a cup of water and looking mischievously out at you and walking like no henry no and he pours it out on the floor Mm -hmm. and that sort of stuff's going on where it's like I can't get to you. Yeah. Open the door. There was that kind of stuff happening, but it was actually worse. <laughs> because, yeah, by the time I actually did think to run around to the back door and look in and I got there, Henry had actually found a screwdriver. Oh, no. And That's was just totally like sucking on the end of a screwdriver. Oh, no. It was my worst nightmare. Oh, it was like bang. such a parenting fail. And I was just like pounding on the door screaming like, Henry, put that down. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the police showed up and obviously I was so embarrassed because I was just running around in my swimsuit outside and my neighbors probably thought I was like hysterical. Crying hysterically. Just <laughs> uh, the poor 911 oh, dispatcher. Sorry. I was just like bawling on the phone like, I can't see what my one-year-old is doing. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, just before the police broke the windows in i finally got dallin to answer the phone yeah and was he meeting. was able to come home and and open I the came door home but yeah the police were about to break the window because it was just i mean they were in the house babies by themselves. they're little kids you have to you have to do yeah so that was pretty that'd like, be terrifying that's a terrible that's a terrible <laughs> scenario but <laughs> you know what would have been worse is if somehow they locked you in the house that would yeah. have been worse. At least they were I don't inside. I think that's possible. No, but what if it was? That'd be terrible. I'd be. I think I would be the irresponsible parent if that happened. <laughs> yes, that would be. Of if you could possibly be locked in your house, then there's a problem. And I shouldn't be the parent. I don't think. <laughs> Anyways, Dal, oh, quickly, dear. what do you think yours is? Um, I mean, I we've had more, like really scary medical things that I did not anticipate as a parent like croup Hudson gets croup so easily and so we're always like those like scary parents when it's like don't be around my kid when you're sick because Hudson if it's a cold it almost always turns into croup and that first time I still remember like being in our house and the one before this one and hearing it sound like there was a dog barking mm-hmm. like wow, a dog's in our house and then we go and it was Hudson. I mean, that was really scary. And the, honestly, like now that we've experienced it, I can kind of chuckle myself and go, well, yeah, that happens. But at the time, there's no handbook for kids. I didn't know it was possible to have these barking cough sort of things. And so those times are scary. You know, or Hudson's broken leg was hard. And so, but I mean, that's the nice thing. I think thing. the scariest for Krupp is when... He couldn't breathe. There was yeah. one time where he was literally like not taking breaths yep. and we that had to scary. rush him to the emergency room mm-hmm. and that was probably the worst. Yep. <laughs> but um so yeah, if your kid has a cough, 
We will not be playing with you. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. We just won't. (laughs) Um, Okay. Thank you, Stephanie, with an F. Now we're going to hear from Stephanie with a PH. Oh, PH, Stephanie. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) This Stephanie is from California, and she emailed us and asked us, have you ever traveled outside of the country? Where would you recommend visiting? Oh, cool. Um, to that, I would say we haven't really ventured into world travel yet. Mm-hmm. When we got married, we set a goal to see everything we wanted to see in the United States first. first. And yeah. then our goal was at our 10-year anniversary, we would start world travel starting with Ukraine and um, probably Italy next. We want to do a service like trip, like a humanitarian one to Nepal or something at some point too. Yeah. But we'll start with Ukraine because... Dallin spent some time in Ukraine, and I I, you should talk about that really briefly because you were okay. there during a really controversial time. <laughs> I don't know, con- it was crazy. That's <laughs> what it was. Um, yeah, so i I've been I've gone internationally. I've I've been out of of the country. I lived out of the country. I lived in Ukraine for two years. I learned Russian, and I've been to different countries in Eastern Europe because they make you do different visa trips to renew your visas while you're there. So. I went to Russia. I've been to Moldova and to Poland, and it was kind of it's been basically Eastern European countries. I've been to those and mainly focused in Ukraine. Um, I went out there uh, to do service, tell people to teach people English that were interested. We gave free classes in English to do service projects within their homes to, or in their gardens. We went to their their farms a lot. Did a lot of service there. Um, also, it was for the church that we belong to, so I, I was also offering to teach people about that if they're interested. But it was a great experience. I went with a lot of good friends of mine, and when we went out there, we got there. <laughs> we were kind of expecting things to be normal, and they were in the middle of some political upheaval and actually had a, a revolution while we were there. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I think a lot of people are aware of the revolution oh yeah, of the I turmoil mean, in there's Ukraine. There's even like a documentary on Netflix mm-hmm. about it, isn't there? Yep. There's been and the thing poor Ukraine. I mean, I I love those people so much. I feel like part of me is Ukrainian. I lived there for a while and was in you know, in in it with them. And they've gone through so much. They've gone through so many revolutions. They've gone through so many different wars and the people there are resilient and super super strong but yeah i mean it was uh it was quite the experience being there during what was it like revolution well i mean it's kind of one of those things where i think sometimes in life we don't realize something is kind of insane or crazy or difficult until afterwards because we're kind of, I think as humans, we're just really good. We're better at adapting to things than we anticipate. Because when I think about what I and my friends experienced and saw and went through out there, I don't know that I would be, think I would be able to handle it beforehand. But being there, I could handle it then. It was kind of like coming home, actually, that I went, oh, that was crazy and hard and everything. But it was very... It it was very interesting to me. I think there's a stigma that I had had that I didn't embrace. I mean, I went and and lived in Ukraine, but there's always been this sort of hostility towards 
the post-USSR and United States. I mean, we're rivals for years. The Cold War was a thing that happened and went on for a long time. And so the thing that was very interesting for me is when, you know, there are bombs going on off outside of your apartment and you're hearing gunfire and there's people literally dying outside of your the place you're living. Mm-hmm. Something changes where people just become people. When the fighting dies down and all of us from the apartment building, Ukrainian, American, Moldovan, doesn't matter, or Russian, doesn't matter, we all go outside and run to the grocery store and we're gathering up stuff to survive the next little bit of time before another wave comes or whatever. There's just a thing that happens when you look over at them. You don't think about nationality anymore. You're not thinking about borders or different upbringing. They're just a person. You're two people that are going through something together at the same time, and, and differences don't matter anymore. And that sort of empathy and connection is why I feel so so connected to those those people i feel like i'm partially ukrainian because of of those experiences and being able to be there and serve them during that time period i'm really grateful i got to experience that even though there are difficulties being out there thanks for sharing that i know that you still struggle with some of the experiences you had there and yeah well, but i mean an easy time people had there's even I kind of feel like if any of my friends that were out there doing this, they might kind of chuckle because I know a lot of them went through even worse things while they were there. So, And the other thing, too, is I feel like it's a little bit disrespectful for me to say that it was difficult because, I mean, I didn't have my family wasn't torn for me and I didn't have my home destroyed and I didn't, I, you know, and I saw a lot of people and met a lot of people that had that happen. So I don't really like to say that it was difficult because I liked being able to be there and help the people that were actually having a really difficult time. Well, that's awesome, Tom. Okay, well, I think we can move on. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Let's go to <laughs> some fun things. <laughs> um, I want to make sure I say this name right. I think it's Daisha. Um, Daisha. Could be Deja. But, Hello, Deja. Um, Deja. sorry my name gets butchered all the time so hopefully we said it correctly um daisha is from utah and she asked what values do you feel are most important to teach your children and why i love this question Mm -hmm. i think it's it's fun we've talked about this a lot i think i I know what yours your number one thing is number one is kindness yeah that's yeah, that's something we talk about a lot with our with our two year old, and mm-hmm. we talk about kindness often in our home. Mm-hmm. It's something that we really want to instill in our kids because there's so much unkindness in the world, and I just really mm-hmm. hope that our family can be a positive force for kindness yep. in the world. For sure, oh, I agree one hundred percent. It's kind of a fun balance because I love trying to to foster kindness in our home and not allowing. Hudson or Henry to be mean. Well, and we we try to be to kind show that. to <laughs> them. We don't. It's important to us to not do anything to our children or talk to them in a way we wouldn't want them to talk to another person. Mm-hmm. And that has helped us, I think, become better yep. too and more kind. And it's kind of a, an interesting balance because I think one of the most important things for me, as far as values go, is um, strength. 
and standing up for the things that you believe in. I I love I I want our kids to be so kind to every single person they meet. And at the same time, I while they're being kind to everyone, I don't want them to be taken advantage of. I don't want them mm-hmm. to to uh, give give up whatever standards or values that they've developed and have instilled in them. And I want them to be able to stand up for themselves. Kindly. Kindly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's definitely a way to stand up for what you believe in without demeaning another person's way of life mm-hmm. or beliefs. And I think that's an important value that we care about a lot. Yep, for sure. Um, I think the next one, this kind of falls into it. Love of all people, regardless of their background, regardless of their lifestyle, but mostly an awareness of the world around them is something that's important to us. I think Ukraine did that for me, but you got that because of your upbringing. Yeah, I had a really unique upbringing, actually. I've come from a really blended family. My mom was married before she had me and she was married to someone who was Polynesian and and I grew up with a lot of different like Polynesian culture, Asian culture, Filipino culture brought into my family and into my life because it, it was important to my mom to keep that in her children's lives because that's who they are, even though even though she wasn't married to their dad anymore and he, and he taught them that. And so by default, I kind of got to grow up with a lot of those cultural traditions that really just opened my eyes to, to different people and different ways of life and that it doesn't, I actually didn't see a difference, Yeah, which is odd. Like I, I just got used to my life being all these different people. My mom also did a lot of service bringing other people into our home from different countries who needed to come for school or she um, loves sponsoring foreign exchange students it's awesome yeah we've had um several people from africa we've had someone from haiti japan norway another norway yeah Mm -hmm. who've come and lived with us even for years at a time and I just grew up with all these like adopted brothers and sisters who would come for a time and leave and bring their culture with them and teach us. And we'd try new foods and we'd learn about where they came from. And I just developed from a very young age this love of all people, Mm -hmm. regardless of who they are. And I really like I know that this may be like cliche to see, but I, I was like a big kid when someone pointed out to me that I was a different color than Mm -hmm. like my brother and I didn't even realize it just Mm -hmm. because we just grew up the same that we didn't talk about why we were different. We talked about why we were the same. I, I want to instill that in our kids that differences don't matter as much as similarities and that we are all people and we can love all people and learn from everybody and that where a person comes from or what kind of traditions or what they look like literally does not determine their value or their worth at all. It, it what determines our value and our worth is who we are Yeah, as a person. And, and that's how we should look at people is yeah, for who they are. Totally. So that's important to me. And I, I'm really grateful for my mom for exposing me to tons of cultures and just um, a love of everybody mm-hmm. from all over. Well, and what's awesome, I, I think the advantage that all of us have raising kids right now is the fact that really the world is open as far as 
you can pull you can go onto Facebook or onto Skype or whatever and find any person from any part of the world, become a friend with them online, and then you could even you could even Skype or call people from different parts of the world. And and there's just so much opportunities. Even if you can't afford traveling to all these places or if you can't sponsor people to come over as foreign exchange students or whatever, like there's still ways to culture our children really easily. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's a blessing. And I'm really happy that we get to, to raise our kids right now and, and expose them to some of these awesome traditions and other cultures throughout the world. I think those are really important values to us. Obviously, creativity, imagination, free exploration, music, literature are all things that that matter a great deal to us. And then, like we've said before in this episode, we're Christian, so teaching our children about about Christ is really important to us too. So yeah, thanks, Daisha, for that question. That was a good question. Okay, we just have two more pretty short questions. Robbie from Texas asked, favorite place to travel in the U.S.? Okay. Yeah, that's a cool one. <laughs> Where's your favorite place? You start this one. Oh, I, I mean, we've really been to all regions of the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, together yeah. and separately. It's been really awesome. Mm-hmm. And, oh, man, there's so much beauty in, like, nature and mm-hmm. country. We've spent a lot of time in the South. But... I find so much beauty in the coast mm-hmm. and so much beauty in like a city, in a big bustling city. And I think my favorite place for us, for me, is San Francisco. That's yeah. always, since I was a young kid, been my favorite place to go. We went there on our honeymoon. I went there mm-hmm. a lot growing up because my family is originally from Sacramento and Northern California is somewhere that my mom loves to travel. So I have a lot of really good memories in San Francisco. I think it's a really great place to have like city experiences as well Mm -hmm. as ocean and like (laughs) spending time on the beach. And then the redwoods are right there. So it's, it's also a great place to get into nature. It's kind of the best of all worlds. I think Mm -hmm. that's probably my favorite place. I agree with you. I think where the fun part about me and you is that I think where we've strived the most was in our marriage so far is when we lived close to a big city. I really love vacationing and relaxing and spending good time in rural areas. I mean, that's where I grew up was a really small town and it feels like a and we love like hiking and, vibe and, and we like hiking and being outdoors. But I think as far as everyday living, I'm just I'm really drawn to cities and by far my favorite place to go is the East Coast. I love New York City. I love Boston. New York thing yeah. is the top of my list for sure. Every time we go there, every time I've gone there, I just I love it. I love it out there. The I I think there's a, there's still a couple states we haven't been to. If we have any listeners from Iowa, hit us up and tell us what we need to do <laughs> when we come out to Iowa. Yeah, we've because never been. We need to go. Kind of like the middle Midwest. We haven't done. A there's ton. some Midwest and and the Rust Belt. We haven't done a lot of. We haven't done a lot of stuff in the Rust Belt. We need to do that. For sure. So if any of you are from those areas, tell us what we need to do when we come out and say hi. <laughs> we haven't done Chicago. And that's somewhere we done Chicago together. that's 
Yeah, not to, I've never been to Chicago, yeah. and that's it's so funny because your dad loves Chicago. He your does. dad is obsessed yeah. with and Chicago, and I've grown up watching the Cubs like <laughs> yeah. like religiously. Now we we love the Cubs, so that's definitely like top of my list right now. Is since we're trying to see everywhere in the U.S. Yeah, um, that we want to see. That's top of my list. Okay, um, our last question is from Tamara or Tamara. I want. I'm sorry. We're so sorry. <laughs> She's writing us all the way from New Zealand. And guys, we have a little audience in New Zealand and Australia. I don't think you can call it little. It's pretty big. It's like 40% yeah. of listeners are from New Zealand and Australia, which is awesome. So, hey guys, thank you so much for, <laughs> for tuning in. I hope you like our funny accents. <laughs> um, this question just cracks me up. Um, and I feel like we've gotten a lot of questions kind of like this, um, since we do have a podcast about marriage. And so I want to talk about it just briefly. She said, it seems like you guys have the perfect marriage. How do you do it? (laughs) Um, (laughs) well, we don't. (laughs) No, (laughs) it's a good one. We're definitely not perfect. We like our marriage, but yeah, it is so far from perfect. Um, we really are opposites we're complete opposites and so many uh, our personalities yeah are complete opposites from each other yeah for sure um, if if any of you know like the enneagram stuff i'm a type eight he's a challenger yeah i'm very am- goal-oriented ambitious and analytical and logical that i have to like talk through mm. everything and like analyze everything on a deep level before moving forward which mm-hmm. It's just, it's kind of funny how that, yeah. Well, and I'm a type two, which is a helper. And so I tend to be more the the giver, the sacrificial. uh I avoid conflict and he's very confrontational Mm -hmm. and he wants to face it head on and I tend to avoid it. it. Mm -hmm. So that's something, he's more introverted. I'm more extroverted. Mm -hmm. Um, Yep, we're, I think that's... That can be even more emphasized. Like I'm, very, I like being alone. Like which I like, is funny because yeah. I feel like on the podcast you're a little more extroverted. Sure, I think than it me. comes off that way for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, listening back. Well, it's because I'm at home right now. It's because we're in our house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I love, I'm, I thrive in one-on-one interactions. You thrive like in a big group of people, right? Like you like if we host anytime we host anything in our house, you love having all as many people here as you can and entertaining all stuff. I thrive in that one on one on one conversation. So maybe that's why the podcast is kind of easier for me because I feel like I'm talking to one person. (laughs) I don't think of how many it could be. Yeah, I've, I've been like shying away from my extroverted personality lately. I don't know what it is. (laughs) <laughs> it's me. I'm dragging you down and making you a homebody. <laughs> yeah, I also can be pretty analytical and pretty plan oriented. That's mm-hmm. a little OCD with some things. And we obviously um, cross over. You can't ever do a black and white like personality thing with anyone because we're all we're all very complicated people. But yeah. I think generally that's kind of what we fall into. And so I want to just duke it out and go through the conflict and Marin wants to take some time and avoid it sometimes and so it's I think it's only fair that we acknowledge the fact we're so far from perfect I mean is there a perfect there's not because I think 
by some definition, perfect would be there's no conflict, but then where's the growth? I don't know. I mean, we don't need to go into our whole marriage advice podcast. We've already sort of, I know, we've (laughs) already sort of gone into this, but that's the whole, I talked about this last time too, the happily ever after thing. It and and I think happily ever after twenty first century equals Instagram and these podcasts and sort of stuff. It just creates this illusion that like these perfect marriages exist where there's no conflict and there's no struggle and there's no fighting. And the thing is, is it's impossible to put two people together in this scenario without there being a a process of creating something new and that's a difficult process to do for sure yeah and like if you're up at three in the morning fighting we've also done that it's not like a it's that's the thing i think not like was, screaming matches that's the thing that was hard for <laughs> us to understand i think in the beginning i think that we thought that because there were arguments like there's no way other people were having these types of disagreements or arguments but i think realizing that there are other people that do (laughs) everyone does everyone disagrees and that then we wanted to work through it has made us so strong and we've been Mm -hmm. able to figure out so much and grow so much closer with each other by being open and vulnerable about how we feel so we are not perfect but we sure love each other and we sure want to have an awesome marriage. So, yeah. so long story short, we don't have the perfect marriage. It's far from perfect. All we can do is unconditionally love each other and literally wake up each day with a new resolve to try and love each other better. Mm-hmm. So thank you all so much for your questions. I think we're just going to stop there. We've been yeah. talking for a good amount. We've of time. been talking for a long time. I'm sorry that you've had to listen <laughs> to this whole thing. There is something kind of cool that I wanted to um, to uh, offer everyone this little this little time. So we really loved getting your questions via email, um, via f- it, whatever the messenger thing you can do on Instagram is. We love th- it's awesome. Keep sending them. But what we would love for we're, we just want to keep gathering questions like this, and your responses honestly to what we said today would be awesome. If you want to call in and leave a message for a question, we have a special number that you can call um, and just leave a message on that number. And then we'll be able to actually play back the recording of your question. Mm -hmm. Um, That number, if you're interested, is 601-688-4213. Give it a call. We'll put it in the show notes, too. And we'll put it in the show notes. And that would be fun. We could actually play your... Yeah. Your question on, on the podcast instead of having to hear my voice yeah. read it <laughs> and butchering your names. <laughs> and we'll still like, this is still shaping and form. So maybe we'll, if we get enough of them, we could even play one at the end yeah. of each episode or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But regardless, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for tuning in for the past month. We feel so honored that this has been so successful. And we hope that you feel like you're our friend because we feel like we're your friend. And we want to hear from you. Like we said, you can email us at bothofuspodcast at gmail.com. You can connect with us on Instagram at bothofuspodcast or visit our website, www.bothofus.net. Thanks for tuning in. We hope this episode was as enjoyable for you as it was for us. You're all amazing. Have an awesome week. <laughs>